On episode 379 of Nintendo Switchcraft, have we had it wrong all this time about Mr. Yokoi? Smash is breaking records, and have I got a deal for you, or maybe two? Those stories and more on this episode of Nintendo Switchcraft. This is Joel Mead24 from Southern California, and you're listening to Bill, the filthiest casual in all of gaming, here on Nintendo Switchcraft. Switchcraft is brought to you live every Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and Saturday. You can tune in live by joining us over at twitch.tv slash runjumpstomp. This episode of Switchcraft is brought to you by patrons like Otterscotch. Get Switchcraft and my other content free for as little as a dollar. Let's let's try that again. Get Switchcraft and my other content ad-free for as little as a dollar. That makes a little more sense. Uh, so if you don't like listening to the ads in the middle of the show... For as little as a dollar, you can join the Patreon over at patreon.com slash runjumpstomp. You can leave a voicemail uh, at the beginning, like like you heard at the beginning of the show from Joel Mead, uh, which is super easy to do. Head on over to runjumpstomp.com slash voicemail from any device, and I may even play it on the show. Before we get started, uh, we've just added a new panel that I'm going to be on at DragonCon. Well, it's not actually new. I just didn't add it before because I wasn't sure that I would be going. So uh, I'll be at DragonCon in the Atlanta area at the end of the month. Make sure that you go if you're going to be there and come see me and uh, it'd be a blast. But uh, in addition to uh, the other panels that I've already told you guys about, I'm also going to be on Giant Size Team Up Presents Nerdywood Squares. This is going to be a Sunday at 1 p.m. And the uh, the location is Galleria 7 in the Hilton. Uh, so it seems like it's going to be a game show. And I am very nervous about that one. So uh, make sure you come and laugh at me when I screw things up. Uh, but anyway, we've got the all of that stuff out of the way. Let's start with Switchcraft. So that's the new Super Nintendo Entertainment System. What about it? They say it has 16-bit technology, whatever that means. Oh, I see. What else do they say? That it has 3D graphics and digital stereo sound, and that Super Mario World is included. Okay, okay, we'll get it for them. It drives me crazy whenever they play, uh, whenever the random button plays that ad because she calls it Super Mario World, uh, and that just drives me bananas. It's Mario. It's not Mario. I know. Probably somebody from New York or something. Anyway, uh, let's get started. We've got some news to talk about. First off, uh, I've got a deal for you. Currently, Dragon Quest XI-S, Echoes of an Elusive Age, is $10 off on Amazon. So, if you are an Amazon uh, person who uses Amazon stuff all the time, then you can get a Dragon Quest XI-S Echoes of an Elusive Age for $49.94. That's 17% off. Uh, this is a game that I definitely want to be playing on my Nintendo Switch, but I'm going to hold off. I'm going to wait. I haven't decided yet. It comes out on September 27th. I'm excited for it, but I wanted to let everybody know about that deal because I think that's a pretty good deal. And for me, I probably wouldn't buy it that way anyway because I would end up getting it digitally. I very much prefer uh, digital stuff uh, myself, but that that's just me. Uh, in addition, there's another deal coming that I wanted to make sure everybody knows about. And that is, I know that there's a lot of people out there who have 
one switch and multiple TVs. So if you are one of those people with, with a switch and you have multiple TVs and you want to have multiple docks, Nintendo kind of, uh, overcharges for the dock. At least I feel like they overcharge for it. The thing is, I think it's $80 for just the dock. And I, I ended up buying one when the switch first came out because we wanted to have a dock, um, an, uh, on one of our extra TVs. Uh, but now you can get one of those docks directly from Nintendo refurbished. And I think that this is a great deal because it's $40. That's half the price that it usually is for a Nintendo Switch dock. Uh, and it is refurbished by Nintendo. So I feel like that they're probably not going to be shipping out uh, bad ones. I always used to think that refurbished usually meant like this is going to be garbage. But I bought refurbished stuff in the past and I've been su pleasantly surprised. In fact, the Chromebook that I currently have uh, is a refurbished Chromebook. I bought it, I don't know, last year or the year before, and it's still in tip-top shape. It works great. It it just means that somebody returned it for some reason. And, you know, sometimes people return things because they, they decided that they didn't need it, or maybe they found a better deal someplace else, so they return it, and then uh, they don't, they don't, they, so they don't want to feel stuck with it. Then it gets uh, sent out, sold again as a refurbished item, for 40 bucks, half off, this is directly from Nintendo. Uh, I would highly recommend that you check that out if you've got an extra TV that does not have a dock. Uh, Joel Mead 24 is here in the live chat. He says he is highly tempted by this. It's 40 bucks. That's half off. I think that I, okay, I think $40 is a very good price for a Nintendo Switch dock. I think $80 is an astronomical, ridiculous amount that I was only willing to pay because I'm a, a sucker, I guess. Um, but this is a good deal. Uh, this is what they should always cost is $40. So I, I would, if you've got an extra TV and you want to be able to play your Switch there, that's one of the great things about the Switch is being able to take it from room to room to room. And uh, I, I love that we have a dock on every TV. Well, every TV that's not like in, in one of my daughter's bedrooms. You know what I mean? Uh, because they don't play video games. But uh, all the other TVs, they've got a, a Nintendo Switch dock. So we can always uh, put the Switch up on the screen. Anyway, uh, now that you guys know about those deals, get out there and, uh, you know, spend all of your money. Uh, let's talk about Smash Brothers real quick. Smash Brothers has been in, in uh, the news quite a bit recently. First, because they released um, the hero from Dragon Quest XI. Uh, oh, I guess I could have done a better segue there. I could have done a segue from Dragon Quest XI-S being on sale to uh, having the hero from Dragon Quest XI uh, in Smash. But, you know, oh well, what's going to happen now? Uh, but anyway, uh, Smash Brothers... Been, been in the news a lot lately. We've got the, the new DLC that just came out. And then I complained quite a bit about the fact that the online tournament mode doesn't support playing with your friends. It's just randoms and it's foolish and, and just a just a overall a bad move by Nintendo. But that isn't making Smash Brothers slow down at all. Uh, according to a tweet from at Slasher, who is uh, who calls themselves the world on esports consultant, insider, and com competitive gaming leader. Uh, I, I tend to probably believe them because they've got a whole bunch of followers and they're followed by a lot of people who I know. Uh, so 
uh, at Slasher tweeted out this tweet that said, Smash Brothers Ultimate has set the record for the highest peak viewership in Evo history of any game. Over 279,000 people were watching on Twitch. And, you know, I don't know if Evo is broadcasted anywhere else, but that's just on Twitch. There were 279,000 people watching Super Smash Bros. Ultimate on Twitch. That's the highest in Evo history. But if Evo also broadcasts on YouTube or Mixer or Facebook or wherever else people are streaming games, then that number is actually higher. Uh, but that's the that's the best that they've ever done for Evo. And if you don't know what Evo is, Evo is a uh, fighting game um competition where they've got a bunch of different games and smash is just killing it and it's because it's a fantastic game i may complain about some of the decisions that that nintendo makes with it uh, but that's mostly because i think the game is fantastic and every time that i grab a uh every time that i grab um uh, smash brothers and play it for a little while i'm always sucked right back in because of all of the polish it's just incredibly polished. Nintendo may make some foolish decisions with that game, but overall, Smash Brothers is one of the most highly polished titles I have ever played, and it is incredibly fun. Uh, franchise GFX in the live chat says that good old Slasher, he's great and pretty objective as well. That's that's good to know. Um, I think I think Smash Brothers is awesome, and I'm I'm very happy that it's getting the attention. Uh, that it deserves because it's a fantastic game. And for, for me, it is my favorite fighting game of all time. Of course, I'm not a huge fighting game fan, uh, but uh, if I'm going to play a fighting game, it's most of the time it's going to be Super Smash Brothers, unless I'm feeling really, really retro. And then it might be like Marvel versus Capcom 2 or something like that, because I used to play that a lot back in the day. That was something that I really enjoyed uh, a while back. All right, uh, this is a very interesting uh, story that, you know, I don't know how true this is. This is a, uh, a post from Resetera and from uh, Resetera user Killrog, uh, who's got an adorable, an adorable little duck wearing a hat as their avatar on Resetera. So I like that. Uh, but... Uh, they posted Gunpei Yokoi is not was not the driving force behind the Game Boy as we know it. Uh, the history of Nintendo Volume Four. Uh, this was posted yesterday uh, around noon, and I'm just going to read the, the a little bit out of this so that you guys can get the idea. And uh, you know, if uh, well, let me explain. Uh, they said for all his genius and how instrumental he was to Nintendo's success. Actually, you know what? I should back up. Somebody who's listening might say, who the hell is Gunpei Yokoi? Uh, well, Gunpei Yokoi is the guy that came up with the game and watch. He was actually, uh, he worked um, maintaining like the machine. Okay, so let's rewind uh, a long way. Nintendo started out as a uh, Hanafuda playing card company. And so they would make playing cards. And his job was to maintain the machinery that made the cards, if that makes sense. Uh, Gunpei Yokoi was. Well, one day, the president of Nintendo 
um, Yamauchi, I think it was at the time. I can't remember which. I think it was Hiroshi Yamauchi. I could be wrong. He was, this is back in the 70s. Uh, he was visiting the show, or not the show floor, the uh, factory floor. And Gunpei was playing with this toy that he had built in his spare time. It was basically like uh, you would squeeze like a little trigger and the hand would extend out and, and you could grab something and it would pull back. Okay. Uh, and he saw this and he said, you know what, can you make these, uh, I want to make it so that we can mass produce these things and we want to sell it for Christmas. And Gunpei Okoi said yes, and that's how Nintendo became a toy manufacturer, uh, believe it or not. Uh, and then later on, he ended up inventing the D-pad, the Game & Watch, uh, and I used to say the Game Boy. Uh, he was responsible for the uh, the Virtual Boy, which is on the shelf behind me here. Uh, he was a responsible in, in a big way for Rob the Robot. He was responsible for a lot of things that made success, uh, Nintendo successful back in the 70s and 80s for them to become the company that they are today. So I feel like we all owe a good deal of gratitude toward Mr. Yokoi, uh, who tragically died uh, in a car accident, um, you know, many years back, uh, shortly after the release of the, uh, the Virtual Boy. Uh, but anyway, uh, now, now, now that I've given you a little background into who Gunpei Yokoi is, um, Here's the here's what uh, Resetera user Kilrog wrote. Uh, For all his genius and how instrumental he was in Nintendo's success, it turns out that Gunpei Yokoi was not responsible for how great the Game Boy actually ended up being. That's according to Florent Georges La Histoire de Nintendo, Volume Four, 1989 and 1999. Uh, this is a French book. It, so this is a book that came out a few months ago in France and has not been translated to English. Uh, apparently, Kilrog is a native speaker of French, and they are translating parts of it and posting it to Resetera, which is awesome. Uh, so he says, uh, The book goes through the history of the Game Boy, and it reveals that Gunbei Okoi was much less instrumental to the creation of the Game Boy than previously thought. Instead, the author, uh, Florent Georget, uh, finds out much to his confusion as a Yokoi scholar that without Satoru Okada, uh, Takahiro Izushi, and Yoshihiro Taki, uh, and if Yokoi had had his way, the Game Boy would have looked a lot more like an evolved Game & Watch, a toy meant to provide some throwaway fun rather than a fully-fledged system with many games. And then they posted a bunch of quotes from the book translated to English. Now, I find this to be incredibly interesting, and I really hope that this book gets translated to English because now I want to read more about it. I really find all of this stuff about the history of the video game industry uh, to be incredibly interesting. I just find it super fun to listen and read to. Uh, in fact, on my Audible library, uh, by the way, if you don't, subs if you're not an, an Audible user, you can um, you can get a free month of Audible or a free book from Audible by going to runjumpstomp.com/thank you, and there's a link there for Audible. But in my Audible library, I've got uh, Console Wars by Blake J. Harris, which is being made into a TV show. That's about the wars between Sega and Nintendo. Uh, I've got Blood, Sweat, and Pixels by Jason Schreier, who is the like one of the head bigwigs over at Kotaku. That's a really good book, by the way. Uh, the Ultimate History of Video Games by Stephen Kent. 
Uh, Super Mario, how Nintendo conquered the, and I can't read the rest of the title. It's too small. Uh, by Ray Porter or by Jeff Ryan. Uh, these are these are just some of the video game history books that I've read, and I want to read this this uh, Florent Georges uh, history of Nintendo. Uh, and he's got this broken into volumes. I hope it gets translated to English because it's very interesting. But if you want to check out uh, what exactly Kilrog is translating for us, super easy to do. Go to runjumpstomp.com. Uh, the show notes for episode 379 of Nintendo Switchcraft. And then once you're over there, you will find a link that will take you there, and then you can find out more information about it. Speaking of more information, I wanted to uh, let everybody know that we're about to get more information from uh, about Pokemon Sword and Shield over on um, uh, Facebook, apparently. Uh, so over on the official Pokemon... Um, oh, shoot. I, I shouldn't have embedded this because now I can't open it. Okay, here we go, I think. Featured video? No, that's not what I want. Okay, I can't bring it up. You know what? Here, here, I'm going to go to my Discord channel because uh, I had posted it in there. Sorry about this. Here we go. All right, so when is this? It says, show of hands, trainers, who's ready for more information about Pokemon Sword and Shield? This was posted three hours ago, uh, and it looks like we're going to get information on August 7th at 6 a.m. Pacific. Uh, so if you are interested in that, I guess you can go over to uh, the Pokemon Facebook, or again, go to my show notes at runjumpstomp.com and follow the link, and you can find out more information about Pokemon Sword and Shield, uh, and, and that information is going to be coming out on August 7th at 6 a.m. Pacific. So there you go, if, if that's something you're interested in. I probably won't watch live because it'll be like 9 a.m. or something on... Wednesday, and I think at that time I will probably be at the park playing tennis with my wife or going for a walk with her or something. Uh, but there you go. Now you've got now you've got a little bit more information. All right, uh, let's take a quick break. We'll hear from our sponsors when we come back. We've got a bunch of feedback from you guys, so stick around. Do the Mario swing your arms from side to side? Come on, it's time to go. Do the Mario take one step. And then again, let's do the Mario all together now. All right, everybody, we are back. And uh, like I said, we're going to get to a bunch of feedback. This is something that I should have been doing all along, and I don't know why. For those of you who don't know, who just listen to the show, I also do a video version of the podcast, which I post over on my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash runjumpstomp. What I'm going to start doing from now on is grabbing some of the comments uh, that you guys post on my YouTube videos and using those as feedback too. Usually I read those and reply to them, but I never thought to include them in the show. So that's what I'm going to start doing. Uh, so, hey, if you are watching this on YouTube right now, leave a message down below. Let me know what you think about whatever it is that we're talking about. Excuse me. And uh, in addition, while you're there, don't forget to hit that thumbs up button and like and subscribe and hit the bell icon and all the other garbage that uh, YouTubers tell you to do. Let's start with a YouTube comment from D King Dallas Gaming. Uh, they were responding uh, about DC Universe Online. Last episode, I talked about how DC Universe Online is, is clocking in at 24 gigs huge, huge game. Like it's massive. And and I said, well, I would be nice if they just didn't include all the audio to make the file size smaller. 
and had the audio be DLC so that you could just uh, choose to uh, take up more room if you wanted. Well, uh, they said here about DCUO, it also has to do with the with uh, it also has to do with the fact that there's almost 10 years of DLC that adds up to a lot of data on top of the base game. Okay, that is also true. That makes that's a really good point. But I also think that a lot of that probably came with a lot of dialogue, spoken dialogue, which takes up a lot of file size over time. So uh, that's just that's just how I look at it. But that's a really good point. There's like tons of DLC on top of the base game. Uh, I also got a YouTube comment from Matthew Dugray. Uh, I, and if I butcher your name, I'm sorry. Uh, but they said, my favorite, oh, I asked before, because it was the 30th anniversary of the Game Boy. Uh, I said, what's your favorite Game Boy game? And Matthew replied, they said, my, my favorite Game Boy game was probably Mario Land. I finished this game over a hundred times. Now I'm feeling old too. And so, hey, I always feel old. Don't don't feel bad about being old. Being old is awesome. You can do whatever you want when you're old. Um, Super Mario Land's a great game. I remember playing the hell out of that. It always drove me crazy that Mario threw a ball and like he would get the fire flower and then he would throw a ball instead of a fireball. And I always thought that was weird. But I love that they included that as like almost like an Easter egg in uh, Super Mario Maker, because in Super Mario Maker, there are levels that you can play where Mario, or there's a power-up that you can get where Mario will just throw the ball from Super Mario Land. So I always, I always thought that that was pretty cool. Anyway, uh, keep those YouTube comments coming. I really appreciate it. Uh, we also got some tweets. I got a tweet from Joe Barrett. Uh, they said, just listen to the podcast. I put over... 200 hours in Dragon Quest 11 on PS4 already, and I have it pre-ordered on the Switch. I can't wait to play this again, especially the 16-bit mode. It's a great throwback to classic JRPGs, and he's absolutely right. It is a classic throwback. This is the most traditional JRPG that I have played in years, and it just it feels really good to play an old school JRPG. So I agree with with what Joe Barrett's saying. Uh, I also got a tweet from Sylvester Valderrama. Uh, they said, with Nintendo doing trials of first party games, uh, they should really make uh, an, a level or two of Nintendo games available as a trial slash demo for the online membership that says, want to continue with a link to the eShop or buy the game that is always available. I think that that's a great idea. Um, that would get a lot of people to check out games that they otherwise wouldn't. And actually, I think that that's probably a better, that would be a better plan for Nintendo to have all Nintendo games have like the first 20 minutes or so to be just, just a playable demo. But I don't think it should be limited to people who subscribed in to Nintendo Switch online. I think that Nintendo makes fantastic games. And if you make a fantastic game, then you should make a demo because the demo will sell that game if you do a good job on the demo. And I've talked about this a million times on the show. It's something that all video game publishers need to do. If they believe that they have done a great job making a video game, then they owe it to not only themselves, but they owe it to the audience to put out a demo. 
there's right now there are just too many games vying for our attention. I, it, when I grew up, you probably got, I don't know, three or four games a year if you were lucky. Uh, usually what my friends and I would do is we would say, hey, you buy this one and I'll buy this one and you buy that one and you buy that one and then we can trade them around so that we can have a higher number of games to play. And of course, whenever we went over to a friend's house, we would grab all of our Nintendo games, throw them in our backpack or our duffel and go over to the house and then we would have all these games to play with. And I just, I always thought that that was like you would spend a lot more time on one game at that point. But now there's so many games constantly, like there's hundreds of games launching every day on Steam. Uh, the Nintendo Switch has like thousands of games on the eShop now, and it's just too hard to keep up with. And a lot of people are going to look at games and they're going to say, you know what, I'm just going to ignore this because I'm not 100% sold on it and there's no demo to convince me. So they're going to skip it and never play something that might be their favorite game of all time because there was no demo. So, uh, Sylvester, I totally agree that that would be a fantastic idea. Uh, and I think that Nintendo should do that. Mikey be playing in chat is picking on me a little bit. He says so many, too many. It's a hard life. I know what you mean. Uh, okay, let's uh, let's take a look at an email from JC. If you want to email me, you can email me runjumpstomp at gmail.com. And if you want to tweet at me like uh, Sylvester and Joe did, you can tweet at me at runjumpstomp on Twitter. Uh, the email from JC reads, the only reason I still have an Xbox is for NHL games. I would love to be able to play NHL on my Switch. This is ridiculous, EA great show. And he's probably talking about the fact that EA said that they don't think that their fans, does EA have fans? I don't know. Uh, he, the, basically EA said the people who play their games don't want to play them on switch. So, Hey, guess what, JC, I guess you're wrong. EA has spoken. You don't, you don't, you don't want to play it on switch. You want to play it on Xbox. You want to play it on PlayStation. You don't want to play it on Switch. I don't know what you were thinking, JC, sending me an email like that, when clearly you're wrong and EA is right. All right. Uh, joking aside, uh, EA, pull your heads out of your butts and get things right. Bring us some games and make them good ports and people will buy them. If there was ever any doubt, just look at all the other games that are selling way more on Switch than they are on other platforms. The real reason why, and, and somebody made a YouTube comment that... Um, that kind of spoke to this is mostly the frostbite engine. A lot of EA games are made using the frostbite engine, which is poorly optimized and doesn't run on the switch. And that's why they don't want to do it because they don't want to have to remake it in some other engine. They EA has, uh, they have saddled their horse to the frostbite. That's not the right phrase. They have hooked their wagon to the frostbite engine. That's that's the phrase I want to use. They've hooked their wagon to the frostbite engine. And it, it's never been as painly, painfully obvious as it is now that it was a mistake. But if you have any question about it being a mistake or not, then I direct you to a book that I already mentioned on this show, Blood, Sweat, and Pixels by Jason Schreier. Uh, there's a chapter in there about Dragon Age Inquisition and how that game 
almost died because of the Frostbite engine. Uh, so make sure that you uh, check out that book because it's a really good book. No matter what you think about Kotaku or not, Jason Schreier is a good writer and I really like that book. So uh, make sure you check it out. All right, it is time for me to button up the show. Uh, but before I do, let me know, let me let you know about all the ways that you can check out the show or hang out with us or do awesome stuff. So become a part of the community over at runjumpstomp.com slash discord. You can also watch the show live over at twitch.tv slash runjumpstomp like these fantastic people here are. Uh, you can also email me runjumpstomp at gmail.com. You can reach out to me on Twitter at runjumpstomp. Use the hashtag Nintendo Switchcraft. It makes it easier for me to find your uh, comments. If you are looking for ways to support the show, stop by runjumpstomp.com slash thank you. And for more content like this, check out runjumpstomp.com slash shows. The music you are hearing right now is Cornaria Star Fox Remix by Noteblock. I'm out of here. You guys are awesome. I'll see you next time. Until then, bye-bye. <laughs>